Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk all about AEW and NXT and break down what we saw on a Wednesday night. And speaking of AEW, we dive deep into the AEW impact relationship and where it could go moving forward. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Which show did you watch first last night? Um, last night, I did the old back and forth uh, manipulating the DVR so I can pause one, you know. So it, it took about uh, it took me about three hours uh, to watch both shows last night. So I, I was kind of going back and forth between the two shows. So I didn't I didn't do my normal AEW NXT. I kind of went back and forth. I uh, I started flipping back and forth, and then I stuck with AEW, um, and I'm not quite sure why. And then I realized that the stuff that was going on on NXT, I was enjoying more. So then I went back over to NXT and I DVR'd AEW. Um, I don't know what you saw on social media last night. Actually, I do know what you saw on social media last night because you were tagged in just about everything. What, uh, What was your opinion of the feedback on social media that me and you were tagged in last night when it came to AEW? Uh, it seems like a lot of people with AEW thought it was an okay show. Uh, didn't really grab them, it, it seemed. Uh, it seemed like last night, for the first time in a while, that at least the social media universe preferred NXT over AEW. Um, I thought AEW was okay. Uh, I, I, you know, it wasn't a bad show. I, I I got to be honest, Bull, and we say this each and every week. I don't think NXT and AEW ever deliver a bad show. Uh, I thought AEW was okay, and I thought uh, NXT was good. Um, I didn't think neither show kind of knocked me off my feet. Neither show was bad, but I would definitely give the edge last night to NXT over AEW. A couple of things that I wanted to address this morning outside of the scope of uh, just the two shows last night. So... Let's take the in-ring work from last night from AEW and Mm -hmm. the in-ring work last night from NXT. Were you able to see firsthand what I was trying to talk about last week about how at times the in-ring work of the AEW performers definitely takes a backseat to the in-ring work of the NXT performers? Uh, definitely the in-ring work is tighter. Um, I, this is what, and I, I've tried to like kind of open up my eyes a little bit more when I'm watching both shows. And I thought a lot about this when the show was over bully. And we've, I think we've consistently said when it comes to NXT, you can see that they're doing a great job 
you know, with the basics, the fundamentals, even when it comes to not just the in-ring performers, but the officials as well. Uh, and I, I, I feel like I'm kind of repeating myself, so stop me if I am. I just feel like NXT, once again, the better wrestled show, but AEW, I feel more, um, uh, what's the, emotional ties to the performers and the storylines with AEW, which I, which I got to be honest with you, bully, I don't feel with NXT. Like with, with AEW, and, th- and this is why I feel like I have an easier time watching AEW, is that I'm more, the stories are more interesting to me. Um, the, the characters and personalities, uh, I have a more of an emotional tie to. But then when it comes to NXT, it's the better wrestled show. So the matches themselves, I feel, are much better than the matches that I see on AEW. So I guess it's like a preference thing. Um, and, it, and, it, and it is hard with NXT because, once again, we like we always talk about, at one point, some of those wrestlers that you have emotional ties to are going to be gone. And it's also, too, when it comes to like a tag team tournament. Though I will say... Um, if you're not into the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Tournament, NXT still gave you enough outside of that Tag Team Tournament that still reeled you in. So, I mean, again, that's my... Pro- I'm not saying that that's the right way. I'm not saying that everyone should feel that way. That's the way that I feel when I compare the two shows for me. Last week, uh, I went on record to talk about the in-ring work of both products and how... At times, AEW can come off very indie-rific. That's the term I used, and I that is when I compared it to NXT. I said NXT was the more polished of the two products when it came to in-ring work. I was very specific about my comparison. Um, last week, uh, or earlier this week, I guess, Booker T., Got a hold of the comments from the show. Thanks for listening to our show, Booker T. We really appreciate it. The problem is I don't think Booker actually listened. I think he got the cliff notes from his producer or his sidekick, whoever's on the show with him. And they didn't read Booker the actual, you know, quote that I said, and Booker commented on it. And Booker went on record to say, you know, normally I completely agree with Bubba, but on this one, I didn't. And he went off on this tangent about how AEW is trying different things. And he talked about how TNA tried tried a six-sided ring. And he, he made all of these other points that I totally agree with, while glancing over the actual point I made about saying when you compare the two shows, which are both on Wednesday nights and are head-to-head with one another, NXT wrestlers, NXT work rate, NXT psychology is more polished than AEW. I don't think that's a stretch, do you? No, I, I think that's a fair assessment, um, especially especially Bully coming. From a wrestler. I, I, I think that's a very fair comparison. When he co- And when I'm not quite shows. sure if, if Booker was just uninformed about my very specific comment or if Booker was trying to get himself over with the AEW audience. But I know Booker and the performer that he is. I know Booker's work rate. 
I know his psychology. I know this is the guy that had a best of seven with Benoit. And I know that there's no way in hell that Booker T could have taken my statement about AEW and NXT and actual work rate in the ring and disagree with it. Because what we see on NXT is the type of work rate, physicality, psychology, registering, selling that Booker did in his career and is a fan of. So next time somebody wants to listen to this show and comment on what I said or what you said or what we said, why don't you read the actual quote and then form an opinion on that? Don't just take somebody else's word for it like, well, I think Bully said this or Bully went on record to say blah, blah, blah. Read what I actually said. I have gone on record, on this show, and and have spoken very highly of AEW in many ways, shapes, and forms, giving it the highest praise I possibly could by comparing it to ECW and what ECW was able to accomplish and the relationship that both companies had with their fan base. I say this repeatedly. I give them credit for trying different things. I give them credit for the f- for uh, being fun, yada, yada. But I can't just keep putting them over, keep putting them over, and, and uh, not talk about the things that are not going right. One of the things that we talk about are the referees. One of the things that we talk about are the la- is the lack of adhering to their own rules. One of the things that we talk about is sometimes the in-ring work just doesn't look polished, clean, and right. It looks like something I might be seeing in a high school gym. I'm not knocking anybody. I'm being honest about it when I compare it to the other show that's on Wednesday nights. I want people to understand because it's quite obvious on social media, AEW fans are very, very sensitive about what you say about AEW. You could say nine good things about them, but if the 10th thing is a little critical, they hit the panic button and the sky is falling. Relax, people. Well, Bully, I mean, I think it's, there's a few things from what you said. Number one, like when it comes, you know, to Booker, and I'm sure, and I, and I know this from being a producer, and Ed Robinson can tell you as well. You take a quote that was said on a show, and you get the host reaction from a quote from somebody. So there, obviously, he got the quote of you know, you know, uh, a 15 minute conversation that we had, and then you're taking one or two lines of that's a the problem. That he we didn't had. even get the quote. Yeah. Well, I mean, but no, that's, yeah, nothing. That's the problem. He didn't even get the quote. But on the other side of that, Bully, when it comes to AEW and NXT, because I'm feeling it on the other side, I make no bones about the fact, and let me make this very clear, I am rooting for a, I'm a fan of AEW's product. I'm a fan of AEW's show. AEW happens to be, if I had to choose, if you know, you're making me choose my favorite show of the week, AEW is my favorite show. It's a show that I sit and enjoy probably more than any other wrestling show. Uh, doesn't mean I hate the WWE. Doesn't make me a WWE hater. Do, you know, if you, I, I'm rooting for AEW because I'm a pro wrestling fan. 
And I know for as long as I've hosted this show, for most of that time, it's been the WWE and very little else. So I find it a gift to have another show that, you know, Bully, you and I could break down and talk about like AEW. So I'm making, let me make that. That does not mean I hate NXT. The world, if if there's anything that this world needs to learn is that there are shades of gray. Not everything is black and white. Not everything is one way or the other. If I if AEW is my favorite show, boy, that doesn't mean I hate everything else. You know, I could like both. And I do like both. Just because I prefer one over the other doesn't mean I hate the other show. And I feel like on social media and on the phones, phone calls sometimes, because you're feeling what I've been feeling for months and months. Like, everybody has me labeled as anti-WWE and that I hate the WWE just because I happen to like AEW show on Wednesday. I mean, if there's one thing, Bully, that we've preached on this show is, yes, we critique it, we're opinionated about it, but my God, I mean, how many times do I have to put over NXT and SmackDown to prove the fact that I'm not a WWE hater? But you know what, Bully? One thing preconceived notions are impossible to change so once you're labeled as something that's it and people refuse to actually truly listen to use their brain and listen intently every once in a while actually with the busted open nation i can say that this is more than every once in a while because i think our listeners listen closely and understand what we're saying it's the people it's it's the the people that listen only to tune in to hear well are they going to put aew over today if they don't put aew over today i hate them and i'm not listening hey you know what Maybe AEW doesn't deserve to get put over today. I'll always put over the talent and how hard they work. I'll always put over the effort because the effort is always there. But that doesn't mean it's going to be a good show. I could be saying the same thing about NXT. We're basically always saying about Raw and SmackDown. Honest assessments. If you can't handle it, that's a you problem, not a me problem. My job is to come on here and talk about wrestling in an intellectual, smart way. Most importantly, a fun way. So we can all enjoy it on the next level. But I'm not going to tell you that something was fun if there are glaring holes in it. I'll give you an example of something last night that happened that just has me shaking my head. Mind boggled. If I ever kicked you in the balls the way um, Peter Avalon kicked Cody Rhodes in the balls, how long do you think it would take you to finally get to your feet? It's going to be a while. I, I, let's just say I put probably a, need, a, need to be helped to get back on my feet. Yes. How long would one minute, five minutes, 15 minutes, a half an hour? I, I would probably be on the ground a good five minutes. Five minutes? Okay, Dave. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. There's no way. If you get kicked in the balls the way Cody got kicked last night, you're not on the ground for five minutes. You're down for a while, Dave. Probably 15 minutes. That was a direct blow right to the yam bag. 
to steal a line from Taz. How quick was Cody back up? Pretty quick. I mean, almost now like, he, I, I'll say this bully almost to the point where I thought he missed. Like that's seriously, I thought that he didn't have that direct kick like that it missed and that he was able to recoup, you know, very quickly. They, they set up the spot for Jade Carville to come out, distract Cody, distract the referee. Cody turns around. There's Avalon. Wham. He got all of that one. 100% right to the balls. The world of wrestling that I come from, when that happens, it, when it's that deliberate, when it connects that much, you know what you do, Dave? You stay down. You do not get to your feet. You sell, sell, and sell. At least that's what I know a Rhodes would do. Because if you wanted to get back up to your feet and you wanted to continue the match, why not just do an eye rake? Why not just do a chop to the throat, a karate chop to the throat? Anything other than a a deliberate ball shot. If I see you, even if you're upselling on your feet, you should be going back down. And I'm sorry to be able to continue the match at that rate Take, takes it, 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 it takes it away from me. That is a very, that is something that I think I would see on an independent show. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the ball shot. Once again, I ne- anything that guys and gals want to do, I'm okay with. As long as it's registered and sold correctly and the psychology is there. So they could, Peter Avalon could have hit that ball shot on Cody, and Cody could have sold on the mat for 5, 10, 15 minutes. I don't, what, the, whatever the rest of the match was, Cody should have stayed down and then could have somehow, after the pain in the balls wore off, found a way to catch Peter Avalon. Otherwise, don't do the ball shot at all. And it was, and the ball shot happened very, very early in the match. So if you're going to do it that early in the match, then it needs to affect the outcome, or maybe not even just the outcome, at least the pacing of the rest of that match for the next ten minutes. It's as prostituted as getting press slammed over a bodybuilder's head and being tossed to the floor through a table. Not saying that you can't do it, just. Apply the correct psychology. And the correct psychology last night on that ball shot would have been down, down, stay down, just like Mickey told Rocky. Um, All right. Hey, everyone. This is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. The characters on AEW to me are more fun. The the chances that AEW takes are more fun. 
The surprises are more fun. The quirky things that they do are more fun. Singing happy birthday to uh, to, to Brody Jr. last (laughs) night. Fun. And this is why people need to stop listening to this show with their fingers in their ears half the time. I have put AEW over to the moon. I have been critical of the aspects of their show that deserve criticizing. Case in point, Ed just came back with highlights from the main event from last night. Right, Ed? That was from the main event. Cool. You watched the main event last night, Dave? Yes. Was that a Texas Tornado uh, tag team match? Not that I know of, no. Was it a no DQ tag team match? Not that I know of, no. Anything goes tag team match? Not 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 as such. No. Bunkhouse Stampede uh Manitoba rule street fight. Anything uh if it was labeled as such, it didn't they didn't say it. Okay. Were they tagging in and out during the match? Yeah, it was a Yeah, they were. They were tagging in and out. So if they were tagging in and out during the match, that must mean that there were some rules to the match that should have been adhered to. Yes. Go back and watch the last five-minute stretch of that match and tell me what Aubrey is doing. Aubrey, the referee. Aubrey Adams, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me what she's doing. Edwards. Tell me what she's doing. I mean, I have to. You're asking me to go back and watch last five. Not much. She's doing nothing. She's standing there and watching six guys just come in, do, do the, and then yeah, she drops down for an occasional count. Why is the referee not doing anything? Why is the referee not even trying? to get some semblance of control, not even pantomiming for control. If you want to tell me at the beginning of the match or at the beginning of the night that this is going to be a tornado tag match, no rules, okay, great. I get it. I'll I'll watch it like like a car crash, and I'll like it. But if there are no rules to it, I mean, but if there are rules to it, and you tell me there's rules to it because you're tagging in and out, then why can't the referee try to have some kind of control? You can't just throw everything out the window and go, oh, well, you're being too picky. You're being too critical, too analytical. Why can't you just have fun with it? Actually, that's the advice that I've been giving everybody. Just have fun with it. But I'm trying to have fun with it within the parameters that they set. I can't watch a referee do nothing. It doesn't make sense. Why is a referee there if they're going to do nothing? Sometimes we have matches where, you know, a commentary will be like, you know what, the referee is pretty inconsequential in this match. They're just there to raise the hand of the winner. Now I know it's just a street fight or whatever. It's a last man standing and the referee, the, the rules are there ain't no rules. I'm seeing matches put together in a psychologically lazy way. I see all the dives going the right way. I see all the spots going the right way. I see all the ooh and ah stuff going the right way, but I don't see the psychology going the right way. 
And if the psychology was right, everything else would mean more. You can't, it's almost impossible for another wrestler who has any knowledge or any level of knowledge of what pro wrestling psychology is about to disagree with the assessments that I'm giving because the assessments that I'm giving have been in the, the pro wrestling handbook for a century. Is it, but let me ask you this, Bully. When you're watching AEW, is it is it just the tag? Because most of the time you bring this up, it is the tag. Is it is it just the tag? Is it every match? Is it some wrestlers are doing it, but other wrestlers aren't doing it? Like, and you know, because I'll, I'll just go back to the Wardlow interview that we had on Tuesday. And Wardlow said, like, MJF is somebody that's like, all right, guys, like, don't forget the psychology. We need the psychology. And the- so there are wrestlers that we know that add the psychology to the matches that are happening. So when you watch AEW Dynamite, are there are there matches, are there wrestlers that are doing it the right way and then maybe certain mostly tag team wrestlers that aren't? For the most part, I believe AEW takes advantage of their own rules, own regulations, and own referees. Every once in a while, I do see them try to adhere to it. I do like with FTR. I, I, I at least see them trying to tag in and out, adhere to rules. But for the most part, it's the wild, wild west. You know how I know that? I came from the wild, wild west 25 years ago. I know what it's all about. But even in ECW, as Booker liked to compare, well, he, Bu- Bubba was in ECW. He should, he should understand this. Yeah, I get it. But what we had in ECW were a lot of veterans, me not being one of them at the time, who taught younger guys how to take the violence that they were doing and make the violence make sense. What AEW needs are those veterans to take the young guys on the side and say, the spots that you're doing make them make sense. Because the only difference between AEW and ECW when it comes to the entering work was... ECW was violence for the sake of violence at times, and AEW is spots for the sake of spots. All I'm saying is tie psychology to the violence, tie psychology to the spots. Nobody is saying don't do the move. And Nobody I feel is like saying, Go ahead. Oh, no, and I feel like ECW kind of lost that along the way. Like later on in ECW, it did become violence for the sake of violence where er, I thought earlier on there was more psychology until like later on. And I think what you're seeing here with W with, I say WCW because there are some comparisons to WCW, but with AEW that it's almost like there needs to be more of that balance is what you're saying. Like you can do the athleticism, you could do the spots, but you need to start adding that psychology or you're going to start to go in one direction. And once you go in that direction, it's going to be hard to come back. That's the only thing I'm saying. Never once have you heard me be that disgruntled veteran and go, oh, those guys are doing too much. They shouldn't do that move. Oh, no, nobody's saying that. I understand what these guys and gals are trying to do. Go out there, tear the house down, do whatever you got to do. Get yourself over. Just make sense of it. This is where I'm 
I would be a bit concerned for AEW because I don't know if they are utilizing their veteran mentalities to their potential. I know that there's a lot of smart guys there. I know how smart Billy Gunn is. I know how smart Dustin Rhodes is. I know how smart Dean Malenko is. I know how smart Jerry Lynn is. But when I see a lot of these matches, I say to myself, none of those four names that I just rattled off were involved with those matches. There's no way because those guys got over in the industry with psychology, especially Dustin, especially Dustin. If anybody understands it, it's Dustin. So I'm... I'm just wondering, where is this this veteran presence from the agents and the producers helping the younger talent? Now, Dave, there is Mm -hmm. a very good chance that if those four guys were on the show right now, they'd be like, Bubba, we try. We try every single week. But then they go out there and they do whatever they want to do. And that happens a lot. Hey everyone, this is Nicole Auerbach and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, Interesting to see what's going to happen there between Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston. I'm really looking forward to that match next week. That's definitely a, a reason to tune into AEW Dynamite for sure. That'll be a stiff fest. Oh, you think? Oh, those guys will be laying in their tomatoes. Who? Go, actually, who actually, not tomatoes, potatoes. Yeah, potatoes. All right, let me ask you something, Bully. Is this a must win for Lance Archer next week? Yeah, you got to put. Listen, I don't know why Lance Archer is as on the back burner as Lance Archer has been. Lance Archer, between his promos, his work, his look, Jake next to him. uh, Sorry, the guy, the guy, unless, unless when the ratings come out, Lance really doesn't draw a number. Maybe, maybe they lose viewers when Lance is on. I don't know. But just from the presentation in the package, I think Lance Archer should be on TV every single week, just destroying people. I, I, I'm a huge fan of Lance Archer. He's been on, on our show many times. Obviously, Eddie Kingston's been on our show as well. Like, I don't think Eddie Kingston gets hurt by a loss, especially no. if it, no, I mean, he, he just doesn't. Like, it, I, as I, long I, as you put a microphone back in Eddie Kingston's hand the next night, Nothing will affect Eddie Kingston. Nothing. Agreed. Agreed. But I got to tell you, man, I let me ask you this, because now it's been some time. Because early on, you said, my one worry with Lance with Jake is that Jake can overshadow Lance. But now it's been a lot of time now since it's been, what, almost a year that those two have been together. Because when they, when they made their debut together, there was still fans. So that's over 10 months ago. So let's say it's close to a year. Um, I don't think this association has hurt Lance at all. I kind of like Lance. Like 
he'll chime in. He'll he'll definitely have something to say. But I I don't think this relationship has hurt him at all. As a matter of fact, Jake with Lance to me, like you said, is main event potential. I would be able to give you a better answer if we would have seen more of Jake and Lance in the past year. Yeah, good point. We can't argue with you on that one. We don't see enough. At the very beginning, we saw so much of them that my concern was, ah, Jake Jake might outshine Lance. And then all of a sudden, the act tailed off. So every time we get them, I I will agree that it's a good 60-40 mix with the majority of the shine going to Lance. But like I said, unless there are some numbers rating-wise that are saying that Lance is just not moving a needle, that's the only reason I could see him not being on TV. Or that AEW is really not a big man's company. And maybe that might be it. Or, or a, I mean... Because a 296-pound jacked-up monster couldn't do shit to the 170-pound guy. I'm interested to see what happens next week with Lance Archer because I'm I'm with you. I think just like I thought with Timothy Thatcher last night, I think this is a must win for Lance Archer, and I would be shocked if Lance Archer doesn't win that match next week. Uh, we talked about Beach Break; it was Bash at the Beach. I'm guessing contractually, who knows? With WWE, they weren't able to. They they they're doing Beach Break. They they renamed it Beach Break. For next week. Uh, your main event is Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers going up against Moxley, Pac, and Ray Phoenix. Interesting, Bully, because you've said that you're not really sure about the Impact AEW relationship and if it seems to be making much of a buzz. Myself and Tommy yesterday, we kind of opened up the phones and wanted to hear what I asked the nation. What do you think about this relationship? And I was really surprised by the response. First of all, Bully, a tremendous response when it comes to this relationship. And there were a lot of people that called into the show uh, yesterday that said that they're AEW fans and they have been tuning into Impact to follow up on this. What surprised me is there was a good amount of people that were Impact fans that didn't watch AEW that are now watching AEW because of the relationship for the two. I have to say this, and I go back to stuff that you have said about uh, Kenny Omega. I do now see a true personality and character when it comes to Kenny Omega. And I agree with you. I don't think we had that before, but I think we're getting it now. I think this relationship between the two companies and the relationship with Don Callis has really helped Kenny Omega solidify a personality and a character. I'm happy to hear you got those phone calls yesterday. I'm happy to hear that AEW fans are tuning into Impact. I'm happy to hear that Impact fans are tuning into AEW. However, I'm not shocked by it because these are diehard wrestling fans who are diehard fans of this show also. I don't think you're going to get many people who are going to call and go, no, 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 no. My specific was, I'm not sure that it has the buzz that they were hoping for. And I do know that Impact's ratings have been up. I do know it has been working, but I guess I'm... So far, would you call it a working relationship? Yeah, I I, I think it's definitely a working relationship. And here's why. I think 
I, I think that AEW hasn't looked weakened at all by the interactions with Impact. And Impact needed an injection of something to get those viewerships up and for people to be talking about Impact. So I do think it's a win-win uh, for both companies. Because, because honestly, I was saying to myself, well, what, what does AEW gain from this relationship? Now, you could say talent, and that's definitely the case because we're seeing it now across the board. But I think you're now starting to see that it is beneficial for both companies. I think I'm looking for a little bit more to happen. And I probably want a little bit more to happen on Dynamite because that's where it's going to get the most viewers. So I'm going to be patient. I'm going to sit back. I think I'm looking for that moment when the entire TNA locker room just decides to invade uh, Dynamite. Now, I know we've seen this a hundred times in wrestling, the invasion angle, blah, blah, blah. But I think these two companies will do it with a different point of view, a fresh perspective, a different perspective. I have faith in the um, in the minds on both sides that they'll put a different twist on an invasion angle. So that's me giving props to the creative people, whether that's a Cody or the Bucks or whether that's a Callis or a Demore or a Tony Khan, I think they'll give a fresh perspective on an invasion angle. Now, um, Tony Khan was at ringside um, at Impact and he was very vocal. And and listen, he's doing it just enough where... I enjoy what he's doing because he's doing what you would think the owner of the company would do. He's touting his own company and saying how they're number one. So at some point, impact, excuse the pun bully, as you said, needs to make an impact on AEW Dynamite. Because the perception is still, hey, AEW is worlds above impact. So you're going to need something from that impact roster and maybe it's going to be next week with Gallows and Anderson, the Good Brothers. Maybe that's where you're going to see it. I kind of like what they did last week with Kenny Omega, where he clearly was going to call out the Bucks to come to the ring, but it was Gallows and Anderson. I'm interested to see where this goes next. And again, if this goes outside the world of impact, because one thing I thought was interesting is that whether it was by mistake or not, you heard Moxley mention the Bullet Club on AEW Dynamite. Now, two weeks ago, Jericho would not say the Bullet Club. He wouldn't even say the too sweet. He said they're doing that sign thing. Yeah, like he, he did that, that hand thing. Clearly, they mentioned the Bullet Club. Also on Impact, Kenny Omega was wearing a Bullet Club t-shirt. So I think a lot of fans are interested to see if this does go and bring and bleed into New Japan. Obviously, we had uh, uh, Gallows and Anderson on the show with you and Tommy. They said New Japan owns the rights to the Bullet Club. Saying the word Bullet Club is is not a big deal. You can say the name Bullet Club. If you mention the Bullet Club by name, you can wear a Bullet Club shirt, but you cannot use the Bullet Club for the name of a team or anything like that. Now, it seems like, okay, so, so far we've seen AEW obviously working with Impact. We've seen them do things with the NWA. They've, they're already showing a pattern of being able to work with other companies. 
you said Moxley dropped in the name Bullet Club. You said we we saw Kenny wear a Bullet Club shirt. We've seen Tomatonga go on social media basically saying F you to the not really F you, but enough where Tomatonga is not happy about all this stuff. Tomatonga, original member yes. of the Bullet Club. So you you mentioned the Bullet Club's name enough. Maybe the Bullet Club shows up one day and says, the real Bullet Club is now here. That's the kind of shit right there that's going to create the buzz that I'm talking about with um, Impact and AEW. Impact and AEW doesn't, it's going well. I, I have nothing but good things to say about it, but not that buzz. If the Bullet Club, if Tomatonga and the Bullet Club were to invade AEW because AEW can't get the word Bullet Club out of their mouth, you think that creates a buzz? I do. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Now, again, and maybe that's all, Now, I'm not saying that has to happen tomorrow. I'm just saying that's the buzz I'm looking for. Um, it's interesting. Kind of like kind of like the buzz that New Japan and Ring of Honor were able to create in their working relationships. Yes. I'm not just talking about the Garden Show. Whenever New Japan and Ring of Honor got together, there was a buzz in the wrestling community with those companies working together. Now, a big reason why I don't think it went to that next level, Bully, was because of TV exposure. New Japan is saying that they're working on a deal for uh, a, a U.S. TV distribution. That's huge, Bully. I mean, that's huge. Even with Access TV, everything was delayed, sometimes months. By months, it was delayed. If they could have some kind of strong TV distribution here in the States, that's going to help them, and they've been teasing that. And I do say the word tease because they've been saying that. Very timely. Interesting. Then you do have Moxley as your IWGP US champion. Very, very interesting because you had at Wrestle Kingdom an IWGP number one contenders match for that U.S. title. And then the Bullet Club stuff. And then, like you said, Tamatanga, you know, talking about the fact that, hey, you know, I want to, you know, kind of slap that name out of their mouth. So I'm, you know, I'm an original member. The Bullet Club is here in New Japan. There's been enough teasing, Bully, that it has to lead to something, right? You can't do all this teasing, and it just doesn't go anywhere. I don't think that there's been enough teasing where they've gotten to the point of no return. Okay. I still think there's a ways to go. Um, to the point where, let's just say, they're going to tease it. And if anything were to go wrong with negotiations where it wasn't going to happen, we can just lay off of it. Okay. They they haven't gotten to the point of no return. It's not like somebody says, I dare the Bullet Club to show up next week and and fine and and final plans were not there is no final handshake on plans and now they back out. Now you're like, oh man, what do we do now? I think there's enough they're planting tiny seeds. Yes. Tiny seeds. And you know what? If nothing happens, people will forget about those seeds or those seeds will never sprout. Also, Deanna Perazzo called out any woman who wants to challenge her for the Impact Women's title. That's interesting as well. And again, we'll see what happens over the next few weeks. But I am intrigued with this Tuesday-Wednesday connection. I think it's definitely helping 
both shows. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 